Week one, we did discovering God's will for your life. Week two, we did leaning your ladder against the right wall. If you remember that, it's going back a bit. But making sure that what you're aiming at at life is what you actually want to get so that when you spend your life getting there, you're not disappointed at the end. That's a pretty important principle. And then week three, we looked at healthy relationships, so a process. Week four, uh, Robert, last week. How good was Robert last week? Pouring, couldn't believe it, watering an iPad with a watering can up here on the platform, but talked about investing in stuff that actually grows, investing in the right stuff. And, uh, and tonight I want to talk to you, I've been set for life, setting you up for life, facts from the moon. That's tonight, facts from the moon. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 says this, wisdom is the principal thing. In other words, it's the main thing. Wisdom's the main thing. You could say it this way, wisdom's everything, or at least it's the foundation to everything. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all your getting, get understanding. And uh, so understand how to live in life and to move in wisdom. As a matter of fact, if you think about the difference between wisdom and knowledge, uh, it's often been well said that wisdom is the right application of knowledge. You know, you can know lots of stuff, lots of stuff. You know, you can learn it on Wikipedia if you, if, if, if you want to, if you want to read it, and you'll get uh, all factualized up, but it doesn't mean that you're going to make great decisions and build a great life. You've got to be able to apply that knowledge in a way that actually benefits you, true? And so tonight, I want to speak out of that. Facts from the moon, because I've been married 29 years today. Uh, it is like having a view from the moon, just a little bit. And what I mean by that, I'm going to say, I don't know everything. But boy, I, lo- I know a lot more than what I once did. I don't know everything, but I know a lot more than I once did. And that's what life's journey does for you. If it doesn't make you bitter and twisted, it makes you better and clearer. And so I want to share some of that with you tonight. Um, I have a higher perspective and without trying to be arrogant, but I just simply have a higher perspective than many others (laughs) because of uh, 29 years of happy married life and having to make life happy while you're married. And, uh, and so I think I've got a little bit of advice I could give. Um, I want to say, don't let my old decrepit looks fool you. Because inside every old person is a young person who has simply walked the exact same paths of human feelings and hopes and longings and dreams and fears as you're currently walking. So uh, don't despise us older ones. Um, (laughs) Thank you, T. Um, You seem to be the only one excited, but it's good. It's good that you're excited. And I'm going to give free insight tonight. And you know, every year, as I say around our series, when we begin to talk relationships, and that's certainly part of Set for Life, uh, every year, some heed the advice and some, um, some don't. And, uh, you know, some, I, over time, and I've been able to watch this now for many, many years, um, you know, some go out and they take advice and they build well. And some think they know better. And, uh, and that's okay, that's, that's their prerogative. Uh, and they seem to get away with it for a while. 
but it's amazing how poor decision-making always catches up with. You'll never outrun it. You'll never outrun your poor decisions. No matter how fast you build, at some point life will catch you. And, uh, and so I just want to encourage you, uh, listen up and see if there's any wisdom in this for you. I guess my premise tonight is, um, and actually, oh, look, I, I feel like there's a barrier between us. Ethan, could I get the... Thank you. I feel like there's a barrier. So I, I haven't... Okay, I've never done this. I've never done this. But part of it is, uh, look, you know, even just in recent days, just been dealing with um, fallout, I guess, from people maybe not building their lives with wisdom. And it is sort of the lot of uh, people who do the kind of role that I do. You know, you, you, it's great, it's exciting. There's so many good things, helping people build well and seeing them do well. And, and the other side of that is actually walking painful roads with people uh, as, they sort, as their decision-making sometimes catches up with them. And sometimes that's what the pain is. I'd say that that's most of the pain. You see in people's lives. Sometimes it's just something that should never happen to anyone. It's out of left field. It's all someone else's fault. Sometimes. But the great bulk of pain in people's lives tends to be the result of the trajectory that they've actually set themselves on. And, uh, and so I just wanted to sit with you guys tonight. I almost feel like I need to get everyone from the wings. come, But we're not going to do that. Unless you guys want to come sit on the floor here. at my. No, no, we're not going to do that. Okay, here we go. Here's three things. Three things. Uh, and this is assuming that most people, not, not all people, actually I probably should say many people, many people, but certainly not all, probably at some point envision themselves being in a, and wanting to be in a long-term, stable, romantic-type relationship that's really satisfying and fulfilling and goes the length of time. That's, I think, a common dream in the human heart. And so I want to speak into that and how to get into that journey just tonight. And next week, I'm going to look at questions that people ask about relationships and address a few of them. So tonight, first one, first cab off the rank. You can see trouble if you're willing to look. Okay, this is not going to be deep. But this is going to be painfully, unavoidably true, okay? Because that's good for us. That helps us. Jesus said the truth sets us free. You can see trouble if you are willing to look. I guess what I'm saying is don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive yourself. Because I see people doing that all the time when it comes to relationships, when hopes are up and caution lights are ignored. The caution flags are ignored, um, because we often, we often feel that we know better than everyone else or we feel like we'll be the exception to the rule. Uh, it's a common story for soldiers on the battlefield, for veterans. I've heard it in so many interviews where until they are wounded, they will say they felt invincible, even though it was happening all around them, they really thought that it wouldn't happen to them. They'd be the exception to the rule until they get hit and then they realise there's no exceptions to the rule. 
You just have to be standing in the wrong spot at the wrong time on the battlefield. And, and I think sometimes in life, people ignore danger signs in relationships because they just think they're the exception to the rule. And can I say, you aren't the exception to the rule. And so you can, uh, you can deceive yourself. And listen, that is the most dangerous person to deceive. To deceive yourself... You're far better off deceiving a hundred other people than to practice self-deception. I'll tell you why. Because self-awareness is the foundation of emotional intelligence. Our self-awareness, our ability to to track our own feelings and to, to look with wisdom, to look at our own life objectively and hold ourselves objectively and study ourselves. Our ability to be objective about our own life is the number one foundation. Anyone who teaches emotional intelligence, all the psychologists, all the, all the, the doctors that write their books, I've read a stack of books on this, and that is the beginning of emotional intelligence. Everything else is built on that. Your ability to be aware of yourself. So if you self-deceive, you're actually undermining your own emotional intelligence. And who knows that your emotional life, your emotional intelligence, your ability to make quality emotional decisions in that realm of your life or to make tough decisions in spite of your emotional condition, that is a massive safeguard in the area of relationships. You've got to be able to do that. So if you self-deceive... You, uh, you really blind yourself. When you catch yourself saying, well, he'll change. Oh, maybe a little. Maybe for a little while. But he actually probably won't. And I'm not being cynical, I'm just being honest. Oh, she'll stop doing that. Maybe. Maybe for a while, but most likely not. And you can see that stuff if you're willing to look on the way in. And it's far easier seeing that stuff on the way in than getting in it and having to try and get out. So uh, I guess just be honest with yourself. Don't talk yourself into stuff because if you've got to talk yourself into something... You already know it's a problem. (laughs) Cool? Want some more wisdom or do you hate me already? Okay. Commitment is overrated. Commitment is overrated. Making a commitment will not change who you or they are. It will not make... A commitment will not make you ready for a relationship or make that relationship any better. Commitment only cements what is. It doesn't change things. And yet the amount of people that I've spoken to that just think commitment will change everything. Even, even married couples. We're in a bit of strife. Let's have a baby. That'll fix it. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, no, that's not going to... That's... That's going to reveal what is. It's not going to change what is. So making a commitment is overrated. It's like, you know, some people think that commitment trumps preparedness. And that's just not true. 
people, people regularly make commitments that they're not ready for. From internet plans to personal loans for motor vehicles. People continuously commit to stuff. And if you, if you haven't, for that, in that scenario, if you haven't prepared a financial base in your life, that's going to bite you at some point in the future. At some point in the future, you won't have a car, the bank will, and you'll still owe $7,000. So, um, you know, commitment doesn't change things. It just cements what is. Um, I've got a clip here. Uh, it's a parkour clip that we're just going to watch real quick. Only a couple of seconds. Are you alright, bro? <laughs> you alright, bro? Would anyone like to tell me the answer to that question? No! No, no he's not alright. He's hurting, man. He's, and that's the whole point. He was fully committed. Fully committed. But maybe underprepared, don't you think? Fully committed, underprepared. So determine not to have a relationship like that. Determine not to have a relationship like that. Um, you know, think about it. What other area would you ever assume that commitment is going to replace preparedness? Okay. I mean, if, if you needed brain surgery and you had a friend willing to perform it, who was a motor mechanic, and he's fully committed. He's even prepared to wash his hands. <laughs> I think you get my drift. Commitment's overrated unless it's in preparation. That's when commitment is not overrated, is when you apply it to preparation, and then commitment is a good thing. It's a powerful thing. Cool. You ready for number three? Still love me? Yes. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> Stay out of the fog. There's my advice. <laughs> Sounds like the advice you'd give like the captain of the Titanic or something, wouldn't you? <laughs> However, hey, 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 it was apparently it was a starry, starry night. But you get my drift. Stay out of the fog. Romance is awesome. But it's a fog. And it's exacerbated by the physical. It's exacerbated. That fog thickens with sexual experience. So do you want to hear, you know, you've heard, uh, do you want the good news or the bad news? Um, <laughs> do you want to hear the bad good news? <laughs> Here's the bad good news about human sexuality and about you. You're sexually compatible with millions and millions of people. And you're like, where's the bad news in that? That sounds awesome. <laughs> sounds awesome. I'll tell you what the problem is you're not necessarily relationally compatible with many at all. You might be sexually compatible with millions, but you're not, you're not relationally compatible with anywhere near that many. 
And when you introduce sex early into the relationship, the fog will cloud your ability to build that relationship. Now, without getting crass and bringing too much Hollywood into this, who's ever seen the classic movie scene? You know, and I'm not saying you need to see the whole scene, but it's pretty obvious. The couple get home, they go to the apartment, whatever, they fall into bed, and what's the next scene? Often, uh, back in the day before smoking was, you know, so bad, they were sitting up in bed having a smoke. And now they're just waking up the next morning or whatever. But I'll tell you this, one thing sex does is stop talking. It doesn't, it doesn't deepen relationship in that scenario. It just stops the conversation until you're hungry for sex again and then you'll have just enough conversation to get there and then the conversation will stop again. And so sex is not going to supercharge your relationship. It's actually going to stop it getting any deeper than what it currently is. So sexual activity covers a multitude of relational deficiencies. It does in the short term. You'll overlook almost anything for sex and you'll miss some of the most important things when it comes to selecting a partner for life. And the fact is, like, the sex stuff is easy. And I, I know what happens in, you know, maybe, you know, younger circles... It's like, you know, the ones who strut their stuff, the experienced ones, the ones that are getting experience. Can I just say to you, you know, unfortunately, sadly, sometimes primary age children work it out. Sex is easy. We're, we're designed for it. It's a no-brainer. You're not cleverer than the person next to you. You're just displaying emotional unintelligence. Because that part, the physical part, is not hard. We're made for it. The hard part is actually developing character and substance that's prepared to build for the long term. That actually aims not at sexual compatibility, but aims at relational compatibility. So sexual compatibility, we've got to understand, it's not the test for a relationship. Relational compatibility is the test for sexual compatibility. Make sure you don't get the cart before the horse. Make sure that the tail is not wagging the dog in your life so that you can build something that's quality that lasts the test of time, that deepens and grows and becomes more wonderful as the years go by and doesn't end up a difficult and, and difficult situation to be in. Are you guys still loving on me? Stats will ultimately tell you that what you long for in the physical can only be found in a long-term relationship. It's not going to be found buzzing from boy to boy and girl to girl. It's not going to be found that way. It'll be found in long-term relationship. So before I leave this area and before I close tonight, I guess just one more question. How soon is too soon to be physical? in a relationship. And I know I say lots of other things and we've already been over the whole process and how we like to see people build their relationship. And ultimately, um, of course, I'm always going to say, wait for marriage. But here's some observations. I've never, ever heard anyone say, our relationship's in trouble because we waited too long to get physical. <laughs> I've got to admit, I've heard lots of reasons why people said their relationship was in trouble, but them waiting too long to get physical was never one of them. 
that just never, it never made the short list. Um, we would have made it if we just got into it sooner. Uh, no, nah, it doesn't happen. Um, but I've heard the opposite. I've heard the opposite so many times. And especially people like often when we actually teach on relationships and you know, I do one particular message. We, we haven't done it yet this year. I might squeeze it in by the end of the year. But you know, you know why wait? You know, what is the power of waiting? And, um, and so many times, almost every time I preach that, I have at least someone come to me and say, when you said what you said tonight or this morning, when you said that, I know my relationship. Either I wouldn't have lost it or I know that our relationship would be in a different place if we'd just built differently. Uh, so there's no win in jumping in would be my thought of wisdom. Wait till marriage. Honour God. Honour your partner. Honour your own body. Just the way the Bible tells you to. And uh, in all, all honesty, I just think God's better at human relationships than we ever will be. And he's given us a few simple keys and that's one of them. Here's my final thought. Definitely my final thought. I forgot I had this final thought, so sorry, I was just... This is for free. This is an add-on. Unless you don't like me anymore, we can go now. Who's hungry? Okay, last one, real quick. Every experience that's connected to what I've been saying tonight, every experience you'll ever have, Every kiss, every moment, every experience will become a permanent part of your story. And one day, you're going to meet someone that you want to share your whole story with. My final point of encouragement and wisdom for you would be live in such a way that it's a good story to tell. Because there's lots of people who can tell the heartbreak and the painful stories. There's lots of people who can boast about this and that and the other. Uh, I want to encourage you, live a good story. Live a good story in this area. And if you are one of those people that, you know, finds a partner for life, you have a great chance of getting it right first time round the mountain and being together many, many years later. Amen. Can I pray for you? Would you stand with me tonight? Just stand with me tonight. And uh, wow, you've been so much kinder than I thought. I thought you'd be throwing tomatoes and all kinds of things. Is there wisdom in that for you? It's great. Thank you, Father, for this uh, wonderful room full of people. And so, so many lives and different stories and different journeys. And Father, we just thank you for your hand upon us all. Thank you for the, the goodness of your word and the graciousness of your spirit that leads us. Help us, Father, to make quality decisions. Help us to be discerning in the moment. Help us not to deceive ourselves, but to to really look at things and really look at them and see what needs to be seen. Help us to do that as we build our relationships. Father, everything I've spoken about tonight, I pray just for, for things that mean something to people, things that met people where they were at. 
Father, I just pray by your spirit now you'd really push that into their hearts and they'd know that they've been given wisdom, that your word has been imparted to them in a way that will set them up, set for life. In Jesus' name, amen. Just while our heads are bowed, let's just stay in this, this few moments with God just right now. Let's just give God a few, a few more seconds. You know, you, are, you might be here tonight and maybe church is not your regular thing. Maybe Christianity following Jesus is, you know, that's, that's, that hasn't been your story so far. And I just want to encourage you tonight. The instruction I've given from the Bible, and, and a lot of it's just been personal application or personal observation, but, but God's word urging us to get wisdom. You know, God does that for one reason. He loves you. He loves us. And even if you wouldn't say you know him, he loves you. He loves your story. You know, as, as twisting and, and turning as it might appear to be, you might be proud of some of it. You might be ashamed of some of it. But God loves you and he loves your story. He loves your journey because it brought you to tonight. And, um, and, and I want to encourage you. He values you. Even if at times you haven't valued yourself. And I think sometimes that it happens in our lives. Sometimes it's when we meet Jesus that we, we first really fully appreciate that. His love for us. The Bible says that God created us for a purpose. And that purpose was to have a relationship. I've been talking about relationships tonight. We're made in the image of God to have relationship with Him. The Bible talks about another thing that enters our lives called sin. That's the stuff we're less than proud of. be the easiest way for me to talk about it. And we've all got it. We've all got stuff that when we sit on a rock and close our eyes and think, we're less than proud of. The Bible says that stuff, it breaks the relationship with God, makes that relationship difficult, creates an angst on the inside of us. We just know there's something wrong. But the good news is that God's Son, Jesus Christ, came, laid down His life, paid a price none of us could pay so that we could come back into relationship with Him. And if you're here tonight and that hasn't been your story, but you want that to be your story, then I want to give you an opportunity to reach out to God for yourself tonight. So in these closing moments, I'm going to ask the media team, if they just put a simple prayer up on the screen. It's a prayer we pray every service here at New Hope. And uh, it's a simple prayer of dedication and opening our hearts. It's, it's a tool, like the songs I talked about earlier. Prayer is just a tool to open your heart to God. And we're going to pray this together in a moment. But if you're in this place and you'd say, Chris, I need, to, I need to open my heart. I need to open my journey to Jesus tonight. I need what God's got in my life. Whatever that is for me, I need it. Come on, if that's you, I want to encourage you. This is your moment. We're going to pray this prayer all together. But just before we do, if that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you are? I'll acknowledge it and you can put it down. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you, mate. That's fantastic. God bless you. God bless you, mate. I see you. That's fantastic. Others in this place, just real quick, don't want to rush on. Yep, God bless you. That is fantastic. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, bless you. Fantastic. Awesome. 
Awesome. Just, just while we stand here in God's presence. Most powerful decision you can make just to surrender your life to Jesus for the first time or the first time in a long time. It's powerful. God wants to do something in your life. Fantastic. Well, we're going to pray together. Uh, but before we do, why don't we encourage folk? Took a step towards Jesus. That is a great step. Really want to encourage you with that. I did it 34 years ago. I've never regretted it. Hasn't always been easy, but I've never regretted it. And I know God's going to do something good in your lives. So we're going to pray this prayer together. And please join us, even if you didn't get to the point of raising your hand, but if you just know you need Jesus, make this prayer your own. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life. I'll follow you. Amen. And it really is that simple to follow Jesus. In a few moments, Maddie's just going to tell you what you can do next. Um, And for the rest of us, let's build our lives well, hey? Let's build lives that lack regret. If we're missing anything, let's leave regret behind in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.